0: Right. I hope everybody will come back, and um, let's um, uh, get in and support with the uh, the youth. Amen. And We we'll always enjoy the youth services. Amen. And that will be on this evening. It's a 6 o'clock choir practice at 5. We will be using the choir and the youth service, so uh, we're going to be short. Some of our choir members are Brother Dallas and Sister Brenda, they um, do back in town tomorrow, be in prayer for them as he travel on the road. Um, but uh, we will uh, have choir practice at 5 o'clock, and I don't know, we might wind up having a trio right in the choir, and I don't know, but uh, um, our choir's not very big anyway, and we'll have some out It's difficult, but we're going to use what we have. Amen. Uh tonight. All right, and we're going to go back... Um, uh, as a uh, scripture text uh in uh, the Old Testament to the book of Ezekiel. Uh this is a book it's not uh, preached out of a whole lot. And um but we're going to be going to Ezekiel the 16th chapter. And uh this will be our uh text for the message and then we will be going to other scriptures as we moving their message today, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God, everybody say, Lord, let brother Sammy preach good and preach short, <laughs> I got an amen out of that one, if I don't get any more, I got one, <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ezek Ezekiel chapter eighteen and uh eighteen's where I want to go. Did I say sixteen, I want I want eighteen. Excuse me. <laughs> eighteen, excuse me, my mistake. Uh chapter eighteen, the beginning of verse thirty. We're gonna read thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed, and get yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of the ones who dies. We should remember that. Says the Lord God, therefore turn and live. We're going to be focusing on the last part of verse 30 that says, So that iniquity will not be your ruin. I'm going to be preaching for a few minutes on a subject titled, Never Let Sin Get You Down. Heavenly Fathers, we come to you this day. We thank you and we praise you for this service, God. We've already had a great service. Your Spirit has been here, Lord. And, and now, Lord, as we sit down to feast at the Word of God, I'm asking, God, that you will give us something from your Word to encourage us, that will help us, that will take us further on down the road. Amen. That we can become more like you and that every one of us will be ready to go when you come. In Jesus' name, let the church say... Amen. You can be seated. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Never let sin get you down. Never let sin get you down. Sin is a three little word that has become almost obsolete in the thinking and speaking of modern man. You don't hear it very much from the pulpits today. Uh, it's something that is just kind of seems to be fading away. And a growing number of people believe that there is no such thing as sin. There's a lot of people uh who think philosophically that there's nothing such thing as a sin. Uh, and that's a growing number, amen, who believe that. Because if there is no God, no Creator, then you don't have no one to sin against. Amen. The modern conception of atheism... Uh, and evolution that's being crammed down the throats of children in our schools today. Uh, naturally, if there is no God, there's no uh, uh, being that's powerful in us, that's over us, then there would be no such thing as a sin. Because there would be no, uh, no one to sin against. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk a little bit about this today. And I'm not going to be uh, identifying sin uh, per se, but I want you to know and understand, because I feel like every every one of us, we, we might like to play dumb sometimes, but we all know what sin is when you get down to it. Hallelujah. People know when they're doing wrong. Hallelujah. They don't need a preacher to tell them, they're doing wrong. If you're doing wrong, you know you're doing wrong. God puts something in every one of us called called a conscience. and there's there's a there's 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 a moral compass that we all have. And uh so uh but sin is something that we ought to very much think about because sin can take you down. It can take you down and it can take you out. Hallelujah. But since the conception is that there's no God and there's no one to, to sin against, there is a belief called situation ethics today. Uh, and you can hear that phrase uh, from uh, teachers of philosophy uh, and in various modern teachers. Situation ethics. Ethics has, is becoming to be the rule of the day. Situation ethics is what people uh, base their lives. Rather than basing their life on, uh, on an absolute truth, uh, such as the Word of God, they follow situation ethics. Uh, and that's how many people view morality. Now, when I say situation ethics to bring it down just common ordinary speech that we un- everybody understands what we're talking about when we say situation ethics it actually means that uh, there is no standard rule for you to base your life by there is no set rules of right and wrong amen there is no absolute but situ- the, the belief of situation ethics believes that It all depends on what kind of situation that you find yourself in and what kind of place you find yourself in, amen, uh, uh, which dictates whatever your actions may be. They say different situations, amen, brings about different outcomes. And that's how they base their lives, and that's the rule that they go by, just situation ethics. But the Bible which is still God's infallible inspired word, by the way, is loud and clear concerning ethics, morality, and the overall nature of sin. If you've got a question about it, look in the book. It's still there. It's still right. Hallelujah. It's not changed. Hallelujah. If you've got a question there, Amen. If you are going to follow that which is right, it don't matter. If you believe that it's right to always be honest, then you're going to always be honest no matter what situation you find yourself in. If you believe it's a sin, amen, to lie, amen, then then if you get put in a situation that you may lose your job if you speak the truth, because you believe in absolute, you're still going to speak the truth, job or no job. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This, this, this mess about situation, actually, it depends upon the situation. The situation has nothing to do with it. What's got it all to do with is what the book says. Not what situation you're in. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Sin is like a cancer which slowly eats away at the moral fiber of a nation, of a city, and of a family. Hallelujah. But the gospel is good news. That's what the word gospel means, good news. And the good news is that sin does not have to take you down. And that's really what I'm preaching to you about today, that you don't have to let sin get you down. You don't have to let sin take you down and take you out. Because, praise God, God has a remedy. He has a remedy. Hallelujah. Your life, your family, and your future does not have to be ruined by the effects of sin. Amen. And sin does have effects and consequences that will be paid for in this life and in the life to come. Sin is a debt to it that must be paid. And when you let sin rule in your life and control you, you're not only going to pay for it after this life, you're going to pay for it in this life. Hallelujah. Sin is a heavy taskmaster. Hallelujah. Amen. Sin, amen, will take you farther than what you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than what you want to stay. And sin will make you pay more than you want to pay. Lord God, sin is not your friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's been a while since I've talked about this subject. God stirred my heart and my soul this morning. We need to understand that the biggest problem facing our world today in society is just a small three-letter word. It's called sin. Much of the problems that society is having to deal with is because it's sin. Hallelujah. Abuse. Be it child abuse. Be it spouse abuse. Or whatever kind of abuse it may be, it's because of a three-letter word, sin. Everything that you can think of on the negative spectrum is because of sin. People like to blame God every time something bad happens. He's usually the first one that gets the blame. But they never want to focus blame where blame deserves to be. And it's not God. Hallelujah! God did not cause 9/11. Hallelujah! It's not His fault. God, it's not—it's not God's fault—that the cemeteries are are, are, are over full and getting uh, and, and adding more to it every day. It's not God's fault because hospitals are running over and there's all kind of sicknesses and cancers and all kind of. All kind of things like that. There is no way that you can even begin to imagine to think about to blame God. God, it's not His fault. Sin. Sin has consequences, and those consequences has to be paid for. Now I want to speak to you concerning three things about sin, and we're going to be going to. Uh, three different other scriptures, and two of them are going to be in the book of Hebrews. Uh, if you if you'd like to be turning there to uh, to go with me, but there there are three things about sin, consequences about sin that we need to understand, and that we need to have a clear concept about. Amen. Number one, sin will deceive you. Sin will deceive you. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of, of sin. The Bible here says, talks about the deceitfulness of sin. Sin will deceive you. Now, I looked this word deceitfulness up in the original Greek, and I found out the original word means a delusion. Think about that for a moment. He says, talk about that that he he said to exhort one another daily what is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness or the delusion of sin. People out in the world, out there doing what they want to do, amen. To who they want to do it to, amen. And never giving it a thought, amen. About nothing. Because sin has deceived them, their, their their whole life is a delusion. Hallelujah! You see, sin will make you believe what is not true. Hallelujah. Amen. There are some people. Amen. So hooked. Amen. On um, we'll use alcohol for just 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 for um you know, for an instance. Amen. And and they'll they'll drink and they'll drink and they'll drink. And sin has got them living in a delusion. They don't see that what they're doing, amen, is not only defiling their body, but it's destroying their body. Hallelujah. They think that I will be all right. Amen. Over and over again. Amen. People have this delusion. Hey, oh, this will be all right. I can handle this. That's another delusion. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil's got a lot of people thinking. Oh, well, you. I know this might. This could get a little rough right here. Oh, you can handle that. You can handle that. You're living under a delusion. You can't handle it because one day it will take you over. Ain't a man and woman on this planet strong enough to handle it. Never met nobody. Never will. You can't handle sin. Sin will handle you. You better listen to what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was even a country song. I can't remember what it was. You know, that's all country music it is. But some somebody's mama in the prison, and they driving down to see her on Sunday afternoon in the pickup truck. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory! And then on the way back, you get run over by train. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. Sin will will make you be delusional. You think, well, I can. I can handle this. I can do that. But that that song I was telling you about, they said, "Well, I can Like I said, I can't remember all about it. But I just remember it says, "I took, I took the first drink, and the next drink took me." Hallelujah. No true words were ever spoken. Hallelujah. And it don't matter, be it alcohol. It don't make no difference if it's it's some chemical dependency on on drugs. And and let me stop and say this. There's a lot of people in the church today that's got what we may call an Elvis Presley delusion. I ain't talking about being all shook up. But Elvis Presley if you study his life he he was against drugs on the street marijuana LSD those kind of things he he even he was even he even went to the to the White House one time and there was, there was a meeting with, between him and uh, uh and the president and they they made him some some kind of thing about a task force, you know, about drugs. Uh, well, see, he was just a bigger drug addict, as a, as a guy out here smoking dope. But see, he 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 was under the delusion that if it was prescription drugs, he was all right. Just because the doctor prescribed it, well, you know, he was under the illusion that he wasn't really a druggie, but he was just as much as druggie as a guy going out here smoking dope, amen, or, or or whatever. And 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 the devil's got a lot of church people on on the Ellis Presley delusion. They're hooked up on a bunch of prescription drugs. Come on. Hallelujah. And got them under the delusion that they're all right. There's nothing wrong with it. Hallelujah. But that is the way the devil works. Sin will distort all forms of reality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It will distort your reality. In other words, when you get so involved in sin the reality of what is really real will become distorted for you. And when I say distorted, I'm talking about become twisted. Become twisted, become perverted. That's how come that we even got people in the Congress now thinking it's all right to pass laws that two men can get married, two women. There ain't nothing wrong with it because sin has distorted the truth. It's become twisted hallelujah and, and friend we are living in a messed up world hallelujah we're living in the day and the time that the bible talked about that there would become a day that men would call evil good and good evil hallelujah and we're living in that day there, you, you, I don't know if you, you you may be surprised. I don't know where you would be or not. But there are actually a lot of people out there right now. And some people in high up circles who feel like all us people are doing what we're doing here today, they feel like we're more messed up than the people out here on the street. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because how that reality has become distorted and everything twisted. Hallelujah. So sin will deceive you. The second thing sin will do, sin will trap you. It will trap you. Hebrews, we'll stay in Hebrews. We'll go to chapter 12. Something interesting right there. This is a passage of scripture that I I quote a whole lot when I'm uh, preaching other messages, but it, it, there, there's some powerful, profound truths here. Hallelujah! I guess this message today is I, I'm I'm doing more preaching than preaching because it, we're bringing this thing out because a lot of people don't do not have the proper concept of what I'm talking about today. Sin will deceive you. And then sin will trap you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us. Let us run with endurance or with patience the race that is set before us. Now, there's something that I want to talk about right here first I want to bring out. That phrase, let us. Two words, let us. Paul was not talking about sinners. He was not writing this to people who, who hadn't made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. When he, that phrase, and if you'll go through, he, you'll find out. I, I did a teaching out of Hebrews one time on, how, uh, on that let us. Let us mean that us is the church. He's talking to the church people. Hallelujah. It's who he's referring to. We can't point our finger at somebody else. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Which so easily ensnares us, besets us. The New King James Version says, "In snares, Amen." In snares, or to catch, and and, and uh, he said, "This thing ensnares us, uh, Amen." Or oh, in other words, it traps us. Satan uses sin just like a fisherman uses bait. Amen. It's a snare. It's a trap. And all of you, all of you, anybody that's ever here that's ever done fishing, you know what I'm talking about, about baiting the hook. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't care how many men we got in here that think you're a pretty good angler. The devil is the best angler of them all. The devil is the best angler. They ain't, they ain't an angler nowhere, amen, that can beat the devil. He knows how to bait it. Hallelujah. He knows how to bait it. And that's why I'm talking about sin will trap you, amen, it will, it will catch you, amen, within its, in its grip. He, he blinds us to the danger that is hidden in the snare. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible said the God of this world has blinded the hearts and minds of the simple. Hallelujah. He's able to blind us. Blind us to the point that we 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 can't see and understand what our lifestyle is doing to us. Hallelujah. We we are blinded, we are trapped because He's got everybody, He's got everybody see over here on the pleasures of sin. Now, I've heard, I've heard some people, uh, some preachers, make the statement that, well, they didn't understand why people ran after sin because, uh, you know, there, there's no pleasure in it. And that, that's a lie. If there was not any pleasure in sin, we wouldn't have no problem with it. There would be no problem. Who was the man in the Bible who made a choice and a decision to endure the afflictions of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season? It was Moses. The pleasures of sin for a season. Yes, there is pleasure to sin, but it's only for a season. It's only for a short period of time. And when the devil distorts truth, and when he puts the bait on, he gets us involved in the pleasure of sin and not the punishment of sin. Hallelujah. One more thing about sin, and then I'm going to close. I've talked about sin deceiving him, we've talked about sin will trap him, and we're going to be going to the book of James, just right past Hebrews again, and I'm going to tell you ultimately, ultimately, sin will kill you. Sin will kill you. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Hallelujah. Then when uh, lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Let let me back up and, and, and read that 14th verse. He said, For everyone is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then lust, when it has conceived, brings forth sin, and sin when it is finished, or sin when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Sin will kill you. After you have been caught in Satan's web, he will weave you up so tight that all the life will be taken out of you. The object of sin is death. Hallelujah. That is the object of sin. It's death. The object of, of living out there at your own whim and fancy what you think you're living at your own whim and fancy. I've had people tell me, well, I, I ain't going to go to church. I ain't going to start li- oh, living the Lord and everything because I, I ain't going to have nobody to tell me what to do. Well, see, that goes back to that delusion I was telling you about a few minutes ago. Hallelujah. Because they are. Having somebody to tell him what to do—it's not the Lord, but it's the devil. Then you ain't nothing but a puppet on a string. He—he's up there a little bit, a little bit above you. You pull this and raise your hand. He'll pull nothing. Every, 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 every depend on which string the devil wants to pull. He's got you hopping around anywhere he wants you to go. You ain't doing your own thing. It ain't your thing. It's the devil's thing that you're doing. He's got you delusion to the fact that you think you you you're doing your own own thing. Hallelujah, you know that uh, a, a song that they had a few years back. You know it's your thing. Do what you want to do. It ain't your thing. Hallelujah. You're either doing God's things or the devil's. one one or the other. Hallelujah. Amen. The alt- the objective of sin is to kill you. The devil don't care about you. He, he gives you the bait. He, uh, he, 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 he leads you along because he's after your soul. He's after your soul. But the good news, Brother Dowell, I want you to come on up and be getting ready. I'm fixing to wind it down. The good news, you don't have to let sin get you down. You don't have to let sin take you down. God has made a remedy. And that remedy is through the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Whomever the Son makes free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Never let sin get you down. Remember our first scripture that we read back in Ezekiel? He says... Turn from all your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Hallelujah. There's no reason. There's no reason for nobody to be lost. There's no reason for nobody to be without God. Hallelujah. And you, and you don't have to sit there and scratch your head and wonder because I didn't act, you know, well, you know, oh, oh, now, now exactly what is sin. Like I said back in the beginning, we're, we're not that dumb. We know what sin is. And sin will take you down. It will take you down and take you out, but you don't have to let it take you down. Hallelujah. All you got to do is look to the Lord. Because the Bible said He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's stand together. As Brother Darrell sings, if there's somebody who wants to come, the altars are open. If you've got a problem with sin, and you can feel the stranglehold that sin's got around your neck, you know that you're slowly being hey. I watched a uh, an article. Uh, a um, It was it was well. It was it was on TV. It was having having to do about I guess it was crocodiles or whatever and how how that how that they get their prey. They'll, they'll they'll grab a hold of them and they'll put them in what they call a death grip and they'll take them down under. Turn them over and over and over and over around. And they got that. And you know what? The devil has got a whole lot of people in that death grip. Taking them over and over and taking them down further and further. And this one particular program that I watched said, after, after, the, after whatever the, uh, uh, it is that has old died, that a lot of times that they, won't, they won't eat it. They'll take it down there and they'll just kind of stuff it and bury it up on under a rock somewhere down there deep. You know, let, that, let it give it time to tenderize down there. You know what? The devil has got a lot of people in our city in the death strangle. Some of the people that's in that death strangle is going to church every Sunday, Brother Harrison. But yet the devil's got a hold of them. But they can't see it because reality is distorted to them. Hallelujah, they become disordinated. They don't understand. But there's hope. There's hope. Brother Darrell, would you sing? hmm Away. stood an old rugged bra slain and so I'll cherish the old rugged cross